I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game. The feel of the grass. Smacking that ball all over the field. Making plays. Diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men. Watching their knees buckle on a call third strike. Set out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs. The base hits. The big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story. A CMG podcast. The Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what you AEW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. Hello, hello, and welcome to Jawing About the G-Men, the Giants football podcast. I'm your host, as always, Big Jace, joined by Sean Scanlon and King Zay. And guys, we got some breaking news. Earlier today, the Giants cut Kevin Zeitler to free up ten, uh, uh, about $10 million in cap space. Sean, I know last week you uh, spoke against the cutting of Zeitler. Uh, what do you think now? What do you think today? Uh, yeah, I'm still not happy about it. Obviously, I'm happy that, you know, we got some cap space filled up because um, obviously we're a little bit over the cap. So we needed to, you know, f- you know, free up some cap space. But I think it this tremendously hurts our own line right now. Um, we're a super young old line and we're still, you know, we we're terrible last year. And I think we just lost our best linemen. So it, it doesn't make it any better. Um, and I, I just don't really believe in, in Will Hernandez at this point. I, I think that, you know, he got COVID last year, and once he came back, he lost a starting job to Shane Lemieux, who's really not that great either. He, he's terrible in pass protection. Uh, they're both decent run blockers, but uh, we, we've seen that pass protection is the problem with the O-line over the past couple of years, um, obviously with Daniel Jones losing a lot of lost fumbles. And some of that has to do with, you know, him holding on to the ball too long. But a lot of it is, you know, our offensive line getting beat right off the ball, um, being terrible in pass protection. So, I think, you know, Zeitler was a great veteran guard to have. Um, obviously, his cap uh, his cap hit was a little bit high, but I think we could have at least tried to restructure the contract. So, you know, obviously we get a little bit uh, – we, we save a little bit in the cap space, but I think that cutting him, you know, overall was just a bad move. I, I think that the Giants line is going to hurt from it. Um, but, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on it, Zay? I don't think it's going to hurt at all. I, honestly, I think it was a time that it, it, we've seen it coming. I think Nate Soldier is next to be cut. I think he'll be the next lineman cut by the Giants. And I think it's time for them to get younger on the line. I think another year with this line, 
learning and growing and actually having an offensive line coach this time. A lot of the complaints early in the season was that the offensive line coach before wasn't really coaching them up. He was more of a rah-rah coach and getting them to play, you know, off of emotion instead of actually using technique. And then obviously we know what happened when the coach made the change later on in the season and we saw improvement in the line. So I think you give them a full offseason, you give them a training camp, and I think that the young line can eventually develop into a really good line for this team. So I'm not really worried about the loss of Kevin Zeitler. It sucks, but the Giants need to get younger and they have a lot of positions they need to address outside of the offensive line. So they had to make the space. Yeah, you're you're right. They have had this core. This seems like it's going to be the core of the offensive line going forward, all these young guys. So I I was very – I think you do got to move on, passing of the torch, passing of the guard, however you want to put it. But, uh, Sean, for you, who is one guy that needs to step up and become that leader now that a veteran like Zeitler has gone on the offensive line? Who is that one guy that needs to step up and be that leader on the offensive line? Yeah, well, like I said, I mentioned his name before, but I, I think it's a huge year for Will Hernandez. Um, obviously, he's going to fill into that starting, and he was the starting guard, you know, for two years before that, before he got uh, COVID this past year. But I, I think that he really needs to step up. He, obviously, he was a high draft pick, second round pick, um, you know, very highly touted coming out of college. And I think, he, you know, he had a good rookie year. I, I, I believe he made the all rookie team uh, when he was a rookie. But after that, you know, the two past years have been very rough for him. Uh, like I said, especially in pass protection excuse me, pass protection. Uh, he really struggles with stunts up front and, and things like that. So I think that he needs to step up big time. Um, you know, he's he's one of the highest played or highest paid uh, offensive linemen on the team behind Nate Solder, obviously. So I think that, you know, he really needs to step into his role. Um, it's his fourth year now. So it's, you know, at this point, I, th- I think we know what he's going to give you. Um, I think that it's a little bit too far in to say, you know, oh, he's still developing. I, I think that he needs to show up this year and uh, prove his worth. Um, yeah, who do you think you need to step up those? Uh... No, I completely agree with you, but I, um, I'm um, i actually on the other end of that. I believe um, Andrew Thomas needs to step up next year. I think if Andrew Thomas can step up next year, it'll make the load a lot lighter on the rest of the linemen and a lot easier for the other um, linemen to uh, just get along and develop and not have to worry as much with, you know, switching people in and out to different positions every week, trying out different things. If Andrew Thomas can step up and be that, that lineman that we drafted him to be, and be like the solid guy on that line. I think the rest of the line can, you know, learn and develop from that too. So I think for me, it's Andrew Thomas. Yeah, I, I like both of those. Uh, I mean, just just overall, the whole O line as a whole needs to step up. But for me, I think one guy that really needs to step up, he was probably the best part of the the Giants O line last year is Nick Gates. I mean, while he is the center, it, last year I believe last year was his first year playing center, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, learning the, – the center on, on – that's the guy. That's the quarterback of the whole line. Like, you're you're calling, you're seeing stuff, you're making sure everything's how it's supposed to be. Now that he knows what it's like to play center, now that he knows what it's like to get the ball off and understand that, now he can focus more on becoming a leader. And I think him, him being the shining part of the Giants' offensive line last year, going into this year, him taking on that leadership role with a guy like Zeitler out – I think he's going to be the guy that really does need to step up. Overall, I do think we do need to see this whole whole O-line as a whole take that that leap forward because they are so young. But uh, I think Gates is going to be the guy. But sticking with our Giants, let's go on to the news that came out last yesterday. As the Giants franchise tag Leonard Williams, 
I know last week we brought this up, and Sean, you were against it as well. So everything you were against last week seems to be happening. What do you think of this move? Yeah, I well, I think it's really important, obviously, to keep him uh, as a giant. So, I, I mean, as much as I didn't really like it, I, it is important to keep him here. And it says, you know, the report that came out said that, you know, they're still working on that long, long-term long yep. deal. So, I wish they could have gotten that done before they put the tag on him. Because, um, obviously, there's a tag deadline, so you have to get, get it done by a certain date. But, I mean, the, I think the, the long-term deal would have helped us because, you know, you could backload the contract. So he makes a lot of money, you know, and later in his contract in those later years. And for this year, I, I think, you know, you could you could structure it in a way where he doesn't make a lot in the first year. And I think that would be huge for this year because, obviously, the cap went down this year by about $20 million, you know, a 6% decrease um, because of, you know, of COVID and all the revenue they lost from, uh, you know, just uh, people not being at the stadium, not at the game. So, I, th- I think that this this kind of hurts the Giants in the fact that, you know, they they could, they don't really have any flexibility to make other big moves in free agency now that, you know, he's got that $19 million cap hit this year. I think if, you know, they, they got the long-term deal done, like I said, they could have structured it where he made maybe, you know, $10 million this year. And then you have, you know, the options to go out and re-sign a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson or go get a big-name free agent because uh, we obviously have still needs at wide receiver and edge rusher. So, I think it, it hurts uh, our cap for this year. And if they don't get the long-term deal done, then I, I think it's, it's all a bust. Obviously, you know, Gettleman traded for Williams a couple years ago, gave up some valuable pe- valuable pieces, and then, you know, he franchises them the next two. And if they can't get the long-term deal done, then I, I think it's all all for nothing pretty much. I, I think that, you know, Leonard Williams, he just wasted a couple years here. So I, I wasn't too happy when I saw the news. I wish they could have got the long-term deal done. But hopefully sometime this season they, they do get to that. But, oh, yeah, what were your thoughts on it, Zay? It's not a surprising move to me. We've seen what Gettleman does. He plays these games. He gave Odell the money, and then he traded him away a couple of, you know, a year later. So it seems like, you know, maybe he's just trying to keep Leonard Williams as long as he can, you know, get as much out of him. Hopefully we can get some type of pass rusher to help him out, and then maybe the Giants can actually make a playoff push. But I don't see Leonard Williams staying for the long term like people think that it's going to happen. I think when it comes down to it, I think the Giants would probably choose Dalvin Tomlinson over him just because he's a homegrown product. And Linda Williams is expendable, I guess, at this point because of how good Tomlinson is. So, I, I honestly, I, I don't see Leonard Williams getting a long-term deal. He gets the $19 million this year. Again, the Giants continue to make irresponsible money movements, just like when having Eli Manning on the bench two years ago, sitting there making $20 million just to be on the bench. They continue to make these foolish money uh, money decisions, but this is another one of Gettleman's moves, and we'll see what happens from here. But like I said, I don't see Leonard Williams getting a long-term deal, and then we've already seen that doesn't guarantee you staying anyway. You're right. I mean, we saw, what was it, two years ago or last year, uh, Yannick Ngakwe got traded twice while on a franchise tag. So, I mean, if, if a player really wants out, he, he can make his way out. But um, I, I like this. Leonard Williams is solid. Uh, I was talking a little bit with Sean before we went live. Uh, a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson, um, I, I don't necessarily think you do franchise tag, especially with the depth that you have at DT. Uh, B.J. Hill didn't play that much. I mean, obviously, Dexter Lawrence, uh, younger, showed some promise. So I, I see why you go after Leonard Williams here. Uh, I see how you get the deal done. Because it, it was uh, why, how you tried to get the deal done. Because it was really between Tomlinson and uh, Williams who they were going to franchise tag. But, I mean, 
Last week, Joe said it. The, the number one priority needs to be Leonard Williams, and that, that's been taken care of. But now, Sean, where do the Giants go from here? I mean, we talked. To, we spoke a lot about Allen Robinson. He also got franchise tagged, and you mentioned a wide receiver. This guy like Kenny Galladay, maybe a Curtis Samuel. Is there someone in the wide receiver? Or, what is the next step for the Giants? Just plain and uh, simple. Yeah, I think the next step is, um, like Zay said earlier, we, I think we have to cut Nate Solder. Um, I think that that's a huge contract that needs to come off the books. Um, obviously, the last time we saw him play, he was not playing great, and then he missed all of last year, and he's only getting older at this point. So I, I really don't know what we're going to get out of Nate Solder at this point. I think that – and we need to free up some cap money. So I think that's the next priority. But uh, like you said, there's some good receivers out there. So – a guy like Kenny Galladay, um, if, if it's for the right price, if it's, you know, somewhere under $20 million, because I, I know he's going to be expecting a lot. If, if he's either, uh, Obviously, he thinks he's a receiver one. So I, I would like a player like that. But I, I wouldn't like some of the second-tier players like Curtis Samuel. Um, I, I think he would be a solid receiver too. But I think we already have that with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slate. And I, I think we need that superstar receiver. So I think Kenny Galladay is really the only big name that I would go after. Obviously, Allen Robinson got tagged. So that's out of the question. And then um, I think an edge rusher, too. There's some good names out there. Bud Dupree, you might be able to get for cheap because he just tore his ACL uh, at the end of last year. And then, you know, Shaq Barrett will uh, hit free agency. So there's some big names, but I, I think those are the two, uh, obviously the two big positions that we got to go after. And then, But I think it all starts with cutting Nate Solder to, to free up some cap space. But uh, what moves do you think they got to make? The... <laughs> they got to trade the tight end. No, I'm kidding. Uh, um <laughs> Let me stop. Um, but I do think the Giants do need to uh, make a serious decision at the tight end position, whether because in this draft, like I said, if you go out and get a Pitts, then what are you doing with an Evan Ingram? Are you moving him out of receiver? Are, are you trading him? So I think the Giants have a lot of questions that they need to answer, and I think they need to do it fast. And I think that free agency won't answer most of those questions, and I think that's going to be the issue for the Giants. Because, like I said, the Giants don't get a receiver, and they don't get a receiver in the draft, then where do you go from there? You, you know, you almost have to go with a Kyle Pitts. And then, like I said, uh, is Evan Ingram expendable? Do you trade him during the draft? Do you trade him before the draft? What is he even worth at this point? Because, yeah, he's a Pro Bowl tight end, but that's because of whatever type of year we had this year. So we, we're not really going off of those numbers. But, like I said, the Giants have a lot of ans- a lot of questions with very little answers, and they need to figure it out fast. But obviously, like, it's going to be about filling holes. The, the biggest thing they have to do right now is figure out the, how they're going to fill all these holes they have. No, hey, you're right, Zay. And uh, I, I do think I, I do think you, we are going to see a guy like Curtis Samuel come in just because he's a Gettleman guy. And we've saw, seen how, like, Bradbury and stuff like that, how he's been able to get those guys to work. But as far as – I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't really know where to go. I think you just – Lay low till the draft. I don't think I, I like Kenny Galladay, but is he really going to be anything too spectacular that you're not going to get in the draft in your in the first round? Is he, even if you miss the big names, there's still names out like uh, Kadarius Tony uh, from Florida. He's yeah. another really good receiver. The Giants could go out there and grab very short-handed receiver. I don't think he had a drop drop all last year. They said, well, you know, that's another person you could go that probably not high on the radar. You could probably grab him in the second round. So I don't think the Giants have to get crazy on getting a receiver. I just think you have to find someone who's going to catch the ball. That's the biggest issue right now. It's finding someone who's going to catch the ball and, and get and create space. They don't need a superstar receiver, I don't think. Uh, 
Yeah, yes and no. There are times last year where we saw the need for that one guy, that go-to guy. Well, Wait, you had no run game. You, you had no run game, so you have right. no you, you bring back a Saquon Barkley, I guess that's going to make it a little easier on receivers next year. Honestly, I, I saw your face, Sean. We had a run game, but obviously comparing the two running backs, what you're going to get from Barkley is completely a, a next level. You know, the defense is going to compare, yeah. compare completely different for Barkley than they would any other running back the Giants had last year. So that's what I mean by that. Not that we didn't have a completely, like, we had no run game. I just meant that with Saquon Barkley back, it adds a different dimension to our run game. He's someone who yeah. come up in that field and catch. Yeah, I think it definitely adds to the passing game, too, because, I mean, Wayne Gallman, he's pretty much just a ground-and-pound runner. I mean, it was pretty much all power run sets with uh, Wayne Gallman in the game. I think, you know, it's it will go to more zone running with uh, Saquon Barkley, and obviously he's a better receiver than Gallman. I, Gallman didn't have many catches at all last year, so he wasn't really incorporated in the passing game. So I agree, it will definitely help in the passing game. And I... I don't. I don't hate you know drafting receiver in the second round like you said because it is another really deep draft um, for wide receivers. I, I think that you know there's some names out there that you could find in the second round like like Kadarius Tony or like a Rashad Bateman maybe or uh, uh, Rondale Moore. Just guys like that. I, I think that could definitely fit that bill. I, I think they could um, you know become a one, number one receiver because we have seen second round uh, draft picks you know turn into number one receivers in the p- past couple of years really with you know DK Metcalf and. AJ Brown, guys like that. So I think that it, it, I think it would be important to get a receiver in the draft if we don't end up getting one in free agency. Um, but I, I would like to have, you know, I think Kenny Galladay could be that number one. The only thing I'm really worried about is his injury concerns because he has been injured a little bit in the past, uh, especially last year. So uh, it's it's definitely, I mean, that's that. I think that's the number one, the number one need for the Giants right now, though. Is obviously, I mean. Uh, Darius Slayton at some points last year, he completely disappeared. Um, you know, he, he does, he does have big games at times, but other games with, you know, one catch, no catches, two catches. He, I mean, he really just disappeared. I think Sterling Shepard is a great slot guy. You know, he's a good possession receiver that you could depend on, on, you know, third downs and stuff like that, but he's not, he's not that number one option. So I do think that we need that explosive receiver in the offense. I think Darius Slayton is actually a perfect example though. I think, like you said, when, when we had a Saquon Barkley playing, Darius Slayton had a completely different year than when the Saquon was completely out for a year. He looked like he looked like he could have been a number one receiver the year prior coming into the next year had Saquon Barkley been healthy. But that's what I'm saying. That's that extra dynamic that Saquon Barkley adds where you could take a, a player like Darius Slayton, who's probably a number two receiver, and he could look like a number one receiver just because Barkley is on the field. He's that important. But I, I do I do completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, I, I get what you're saying there, Zay. Yeah, I mean, Barkley is going to bring a whole another dimension to this, and the only time will tell to see what the Giants do. But as far as we know, as of today, Leonard Williams is back to a Giant. Zeitler is not. But taking a step away from the Giants, well, let's, la- yesterday was the franchise tag deadline. And there were a couple big ones. I, I think the biggest one was Chris Gar- Godwin getting franchise tagged. By by the Bucks. I mean, after that, they did come and get a deal with uh, Levante David, but that does leave Shaq Barrett, uh, Antonio Brown, Gronk, the Dominican Sue. Yeah, some big time free agents. So, Sean, what did you think about the uh, Tampa Bay's decision to franchise tag Godwin? I think it was the right decision. Um, obviously, there there's some big names that I, I think Shaq Barrett's the biggest one. I, I think it could have went either way, but I think you know it helps out that offense a lot. Obviously, having Chris Godwin there, he's a great slot receiver. I think that him and Brady had that great connection. So 
I think that offense is just even more lethal um, with bringing Godwin back. And there's there's no guarantee that uh, Antonio Brown's going to be back. But at least with Godwin and Evans, you know, you have that that number that one and two uh, punch that's you know really dynamic on offense. So I think it was really important. Um, obviously, the Bucks are looking to get back to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, like you said, Levante David signing, that's huge for them, too. Him and Devin White are probably the best linebacking duo in the league. So I think, it, you know, obviously their sights are set on the Super Bowl. And I think that uh, that showed with this move uh, with franchise tagging Chris Godwin. Yeah. Zay, what would you think of that move? Uh, you like, like Sean said, it's the correct move. Um, obviously, if Godwin will hit the market, everybody's going after him. And then, you know, it's going to be almost impossible probably to re-sign him. So. You get him back, you already hear rumors and whispers of uh, Tom Brady wanting to link up with Odell Beckham. So then that makes people like Antonio Brown expendable. And like I said, they don't have a Gronk who didn't do much anyway. So I think they did the right thing. So obviously, Ndonokin Sue is a player who could be replaced. As much as I'd hate to say, he's been a journeyman. He's been on multiple teams. It, you know, it hasn't really worked out for him everywhere. And luckily, it worked out for him here. But I think his time is is up here, so he'll be moving on, and I think they'll just have to reload on the D-line, and then they'll figure it out. Like I said, if they get Odell Beckham Jr., you're not really worried about anything else. So I mean, yeah. that would be freaking ridiculous. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr., Godwin, yeah, OJ Howard. Oh, man, it would be – That would be hours. And, I mean, the Ndamukin Sue loss isn't that big because they had no. – they have Vita Vey, who was injured most of last season. So mm -hmm. just having him fill that role. Um, it should be interesting. I'm interested to see what the Bucks are. I mean, obviously, the other big franchise tag was uh, AR for uh, the Bears, which we spoke about a little bit. Um, the, the real thing there uh, is just who's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, that's what, that's what I said. Who cares if he stays there? He's got no quarterback. Yeah, you're right. I mean, especially like, they haven't even – done anything to Trubinsky to keep him there. So they actually have no quarterback. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're trying. Uh, but speaking of a team that has their quarterback, the Cowboys re-signed Dak Prescott. Guys, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I feel like every sports show for the past two weeks has spent 24 hours on this. So, Sean – what do you think of this, and was it the right decision for the Cowboys? I think it was the right move for the Cowboys. Obviously, um, you know, all he's done there is win while he's been there. I, they haven't had a lot of playoff success, only one playoff win while he's been there, but they've been in the playoff pretty much every year. Um, they they win almost 10 games every year, and we saw last year, once he went out, the Cowboys' offense was terrible. So he's the, he's the engine that, you know, makes that team run. Uh, so I, I think it was the right move, obviously – uh, Jerry Jones loves throwing out these big contracts to uh, his players. So uh, he has a lot of money tied up into his star players. But I, I think this is one of the right ones that he did because obviously the quarterback's the most important position. And, you know, like I said, Dex, Dex's only been a winner since he's been with the Cowboys. So I, I think it was a smart move. Zay, what do the Cowboys have to do to ensure Prescott's success for the future for these next four years that they have? Get a new coach. Does that work? No. <laughs> uh, it, it's very hard to say. You know, for the most part, they've given him a lot. I think, obviously, you want to show up the line, but he has some of the best offensive weapons in the league. He has one of the best running backs in the league. I think, for the most part, they have to find a way to get that team to focus. If that team can find a way to focus and they can show up that defense a little better, I, I think that team could be a winning team. But 
obviously, you know, it goes to ownership playing their part, allowing the coach to be the coach, allowing the players to be the players, and, you know, staying off the field. And that's going to be part of the issue. So they could find a way to get Jerry Jones to, you know, be in the backfield. I mean, you know, in the back, <laughs> in the backfield, in the back <laughs> scenes, <laughs> you know, in the back behind the scenes, you know, it, it'll work out. But it won't work out if Jerry Jones continues to be the personality of the Dallas Cowboys. So they, they have to figure that out. It's more so about that than what they can do for Dak. Because they've given Dak literally everything you could want as a quarterback. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's oh. good keep going. No, I was just saying, I believe one time they had the best offensive line in the league at one time when Zeke was running. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, oh, yeah. what more could you ask for, <laughs> you know? No, yeah. I mean, their offensive line is getting older, getting banged up, uh, some retirements. But, the, I mean, that's a big question on their offense. But the thing is, with Dak, you, you're giving him all this money off of an injury, which I, I, I'm not too mad at. The one thing, though, is you're giving him all this money in an offensive dominant league, and you've given him all the pieces to succeed offensively, but you still aren't showing that much progress. It shows how much they need a defense. And mm-hmm. Dak isn't Dak isn't a Mahomes. He isn't a Wilson. He isn't a Rodgers. He can't keep even with a bad defense and a solid offense. He can't keep his team in games that much. But well, so he, he, he's he's won shootouts. It's just that you don't want to consistently be in shootouts. That's that's what you want to get at. You want to get to a point where your offense is dominating and your defense is dominating. You know, you're not worried about having to score 45 points a game to win because that's mm-hmm. not going to sustain for a season. It's, you know, that team is going to be worn down by, by week 15. And you're talking about next year we're adding a game. So you, wow. you got to figure things out. No, yeah, you are right. And then also, I mean – the defense itself is going to be healthier this year than it was last year, but but still, the, it, the Dallas defense is not elite. I, I think they mm-hmm. need to stir that up if they want to get to the Super Bowl, but uh, or even win the division. Because I mean, the Washington and Giants have shown, and the Giants have shown that they're they're chomping at the bit. But Sean, I want to wrap this up with: Can Dak lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in these four years? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep it plain and simple. I'm, I'm going to say no, they're the Cowboys. Uh, we have to remember this. Uh, like Zay was saying before, as long as Jerry Jones is there, uh, they're not doing anything. Uh, I mean, he gives out these dumb contracts to all these players. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is making $25 million this year. He's probably not even a top 15 pass rusher in the league. Amari uh, Cooper is making $20 million this year. I think he's the highest paid receiver in the league. Uh, he's not. He's probably not even a top 10 receiver, so all these players that are getting these huge contracts that Jerry, you know, he falls in love with them. And uh, I mean, that's just the detriment to this team right now is that, you know, he gives all these contracts to these star players. And like we were talking about, the defense is terrible. They, they have nothing to show for. They were terrible last season. Secondary is probably one of the worst in the league. So as long as, long as Jerry Jones is there, uh, it doesn't matter. Dak could do all he wants. He could, they could put up 35 a game. That defense is still terrible. And uh, they're the Cowboys. So no, they're not going to win a Super Bowl uh, anytime soon. All right, Zay, I'm going to rephrase this question for you. If they don't get to the Super Bowl in these four years with Dak Prescott, should they start rethinking things with Jerry Jones? Because obviously his guy is not the guy. And should they – would that be the downfall of the Jones dynasty in Dallas if they can't get to a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? 
I don't know, sports ownership is a very hard thing to turn around. It's not like firing a GM or something like that. We're talking about an yeah, owner, right. a beloved owner who who put millions and millions of dollars into that stadium. It, it, it would be very, very hard to get rid of Jerry Jones. So I think they're just going to have to ride it out until one day, you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I just think he's going to hold on to that team till he dies. I'm sorry. I just don't see him getting rid of it. And I don't mean yeah. to be mean, but I do think one thing he made the best, the smartest move he made was signing Dak Prescott because if Dak Prescott sat out the year and that team had been even miserable, he'd been opening up that checkbook even more the next year because that, mm-hmm. you're talking about Andy Dalton is a playoff level quarterback who couldn't win, who couldn't take that team to the playoffs with the best receiving core in the league. He, the negotiating tape, he would have had a blank check. He would have had to give Dak a blank check next year if he had sat out the year. So no, I, that's yeah. the only one smart thing he's done. Yeah, him him sitting on Dak has been the problem. That's the reason why this why this has gotten to be such a big deal, big dilemma, big number for Dak was because guys like Zeke, guys like Amari Cooper, they got paid before him. You got to pay your quarterback first. First and foremost, it's the quarterback. And especially if he's going to be your guy for the future, you got to pay him. And Giants uh, have been the same thing. Two years. We'll have the same situation in about two years. We'll play. We'll, we'll, we'll pay. Are we going to pay Saquon next year? Or are we going to keep the money for Daniel? Because, yeah, like I said, coming off an injury. His, yeah, his fifth-year option is uh, is this year too. So I, I'm sure they'll pick it up. They picked it up for Evan Ingram and Jabil Preppers last year, but um, it, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on, though. It's you know, oh, it's just the life. That's that's the that's the nature of the game. You know, you pick your Tuesday, and the Cowboys pick wrong. They pick Zeke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we we will see. Only time will tell. And I mean, this off season is already coming out. With some big heavy hit hits, so let's mm-hmm. let's see what else. I mean, we we aren't even at draft time yet. We still, I mean, we also didn't even mention the couple trades that happened with the the Pats and the Trump Dolphins Brown. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I, yeah. I was just gonna say, I think there's gonna be a lot of you know big cuts that we didn't expect because obviously uh, the the salary cap's going down twenty million. Yeah. So I mean, we saw it with JJ Watt. I mean, I saw that. John Brown got released today. Um, I mean, there's a couple other names I can't think of right now, but there's going to be some some big big name players that got cut, and uh, I think it's just going to continue. And so this this off season might be one of the the more wild that we've seen in quite some time. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Yeah, it should be exciting. But you all know it's going to be exciting. How we're going to end the show? All time favorite Giants running back. I'm going to start with you this time, Zay. Who is your all-time favorite Giants running back? I'm disgusted to say it, but it's Tiki Barber. And I'm only disgusted to say it because the way he left the team. I think he mm. could have left it better terms, and I think he could have done it in a better way. Shit, had he waited a year, he would have won a Super Bowl. But there's nothing greater than watching Tiki Barber on some of those runs he used to make once Tom Coughlin came in and showed him how to hold the ball properly. I, I some of the greatest plays, I remember Plexico leading him down on blocks and he's breaking it through three and four tackles and it's just in and out. It looked like a young – it looked like Saquon before we had Saquon. So, for me, it's Tiki Barber, honestly. That's the best running back I've ever seen. All right. All right. 
Sean? Well, Giants running back. Uh, Let me clear that up. Giants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little too early to say Saquon yet. And obviously, I mean, he's only three years in. So I, I won't go with Saquon. And I'm sure you'll say that's a, a SpongeBob Square pick, Jace. So I'll switch it up and uh, I'll go with uh, Brandon Jacobs, uh, all time Russian touchdown leader for in Giants history. Uh, he was just an absolute bulldozer. Um, obviously, the Thunder and Lightning backfield with him and Ahmad Bradshaw was, uh, I mean, so much fun to watch. But I, Brandon Jacobs was, was always my favorite growing up. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I had, I think, you know, two or three Brandon Jacobs jerseys. Um, I, I was absolutely in love with him. But uh, he was Derrick Henry before Derrick Henry came into the league. Um, I mean, just a, a huge, a huge running back. I mean, he was tough to take down. And obviously, he had that that high end speed once he he broke uh, broke a couple of tackles and was going downfield. So. I mean, Brandon Jacobs, just some of the guys that he ran over, like Brian Erlacher, um, LeBron Landry, some of the, those big dudes. Uh, I mean, just he made look like little boys. I mean, Brandon Jacobs was just so much fun to watch. And obviously, you know, a big part of those two Super Bowl runs. So uh, Brandon Jacobs will always hold a, a, a good place in my heart. Um, so what about you, Jason? See, I mean, the, those are the, 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 the two. The, the first two that come into your head, Tiki Barber, Brandon Jacobs. And obviously, Amat Bradshaw, and then it goes on. And I, Saquon came to me. But, Sean, you said Thunder and Lightning, Bradshaw and Jacobs. He goes let's Ward. not forget He's going to say Ward. Wind, and Fire, baby. Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, and Derek Ward. Now, <laughs> Derek Ward didn't do a lot. I, I love Derek Ward. They one of my favorite Giants running backs of all time. He he was great. I, I loved watching him. I, I loved watching him play. I loved watching that three-headed monster because th- that three-headed monster was a beast. And he, Ward was always the most underrated because he did very, very well, but uh, he just didn't get as many carries as Brad Sean Jacobs. Now, a little bit of me also likes Ward because my, my running back all throughout growing up, his name was Jake Ward. So I thought that was cool that. Uh, I, I had a running back with the same last name as Giants running back. But, yeah, Derek Ward, very underrated, one of my favorite Giants of all time. He was a beast. He he was the perfect combination of Bradshaw and Jacobs. Like, they each did their own thing very well, but Ward was there, and he was like the middleman. He could do a little bit. He couldn't do as great what Jacobs could do. He couldn't do as great what Bradshaw would do, but he did a little bit of both, and that's why I really liked him because he was ver- pretty – he was very dynamic – he was that solid, solid third head to that monster, which uh, I think led to their success. Because, I mean, even with Thunder and Lightning, they didn't win a Super Bowl to they had Earth, Wind, and Fire. So, yes. I, yeah, I, I did not expect that one, but uh, that's I like that pick. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, another giant running back that I, you know, I wish never got hurt was obviously David Wilson. Um, oh, I mean, his yeah. his rookie year was absolutely electric. Uh, you know, especially with his his kick returns too. I remember that Saints game where he had you know three or four touchdowns. So if he never had that neck that career ending neck injury, yeah, he he would probably be high up on this list. Didn't he have a yeah. fumble issue also? <laughs> he did, little, but I mean, it, he was he was a young running back, so I, I, running I, back. I can't hold on to the ball. The little running backs. Eh, some of them can. I'm my Bradshaw couldn't hold on to the ball. <laughs> Always fumble. I I mean I see your point, but there's definitely some small running backs out there that could <laughs> that could tote the rock. Well, no. um, yeah, but uh, all right, that's gonna do it 
for John about the G-Men this week. Thanks, Sean and Zay, for joining me. And that was a great uh, – I, I like I like ending the show like that. Just go down memory lane. Mm-hmm. But uh, make sure you guys check out in an hour. Uh, OV right here. Tiki Barber, one of the best. Yeah, then Frank Gifford, Joe Morris. Make sure you check out OV, myself, and Sean on all four downs coming up in – what is this? Yeah, like an hour. So make sure you check that out. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. John about the G-Men is brought to you by Clovercrest Media. Make sure you go to clovercrestmedia.com to check out one of the multiple 30 different podcasts from sports, true crime, uh, political, comedy, everything you got. If there's a podcast, if you have an itch for a podcast, go to Clovercrest Media. And if your itch is not satisfied, create your own. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you next time. Take care.